<laughs> really excited. Gift Day is one of, it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite Sundays of the year. Uh, because you just get to celebrate all that uh, God is doing with us and uh, celebrate um, just his goodness, his goodness to us. Um, it was great to have Tony's testimony. Um, I, I worked in uh, uh, the cardiac wards at Castle Hill and saw many times open a letter and see 70% blockage, 90% blockage. Let me just say, that doesn't happen. That's really important for you to understand. What Tony shared doesn't happen other than the supernatural. Other than God moving, that doesn't happen. And so we praise God. I think sometimes we can share stories of testimony and then we can golf clap it and then move on. And I think it's so important with these stories of healing with Anne and with Rigobert to say, this is God moving. And, and it's great. He, he wants to pour his blessings into our life. And, and this morning, I really just wanted to take time just to, to pause. We're in the middle of our series uh, looking at uh, habits of grace, spiritual disciplines. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm a little bit biased, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying just this teaching. I'm loving our, just our growth group was being able to stare one another, be able to say, okay, what are we going to do with this? Uh, how are we going to put this into action? And but I wanted to pause today just to look at a little bit about where we've been as a church and then where we're going um, as we get to give. And in the, going back a number of years, the summer of 2006, um, Steve and Joe... Caleb moved uh, to Hull because God had spoken to them about starting a church here in this city. They were joined by this, this handful of, uh, of other people from different places around the country and, and Jubilee Church Hull began. They wanted to uh, establish a church which would reflect the, the diversity of the city, would have a heart to serve the most disadvantaged in our city and to see Jesus' name glorified in this city and beyond. Jesus, in, in Matthew 28, uh, 18, he gives what is known as the, the Great Commission to his followers, and he says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." And since that point, every follower of Jesus has had that same responsibility, to go and make disciples. Jubilee Church Hall was established because Steve and Joe and others took this call seriously. And in the early days, we had uh, people share with us words that they felt that God had spoken to them about. Um, we, we, can, we call them prophetic words. And these included um, a guy called Phil uh, Wifew, I think he's pronounced his surname, uh, in, from King's Arms, Bedford. And he shared about that Jubilee would become a mission center for sending people to the country and to the nation. We had Julian Adams, another guy from New Frontiers, share about us being a base that would see church planting across our region. Uh, a woman called Ginny Bergin from Sheffield, she, taught, uh, she felt God spoke to her about Jubilee being a base in the city centre with churches coming out from the north to the south to the east to the west, and we will be surrounded by church plants. We've had pictures of, of large uh, fires, of being a large fire sending sparks locally and globally. We've had pictures of spokes of a wheel going out, all being connected to one another, but Jubilee being a central resourcing church as we see church planting and we see people reached with the gospel. Our church vision was, was built around the words of Isaiah 61. 
you probably, uh, if, if you've been here for a while, hopefully you are aware of it. But Jesus quotes this in Luke 4 when he uh, shares about his calling. And in Isaiah 61, I think it comes, yeah, it's brilliant. Thanks, Amy. <coughs> Sorry. Isaiah 61, this is what Jesus quotes in Luke 4. He says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. From these words, we develop this vision that is reflected on these banners at the front to be a people who are spirit receiving, people reaching, potential releasing and community restoring. Jubilee grew Slowly, as it moved around different venues in the city, it started with 13 adults and it slowly grew. Until the point where we were given this building. Thank you. Jubilee House, as we renamed it on Walton Street. Who was there when we were in Jubilee House? <coughs> the, the, the Brethren Church used to own this building and they were so generous, they, they gave us this building. Uh, so we first, this was our first home base. We'd moved around a few different venues. Um, I wasn't part of the church uh, at the time, but I heard you went to some real dives. <laughs> we finally had our own building, and it, church is not about a building, but it was great to have a place that we could call home, and we could be a, a place which would reach the local community. We saw amazing growth as God added people to us from local neighbours to people coming from different nations and arriving in Hull for the first time. By 2012, we had a, a rather full building. If you were there at the time, you would remember that if you turned up late, you wouldn't get a seat by the end of it. There was standing room only at the back and we uh, decided, and health and safety decided, we probably needed to move soon. And so we started to look for another venue and we nearly... I nearly bought quick save around the corner, uh, and, and then this building became available. Um, I don't know why I put a picture up. You kind of know what this building looks like. But 2013, the spring of 2013, we, we bought this building off the Methodist Church and moved in. Um, and since then, we've continued to see God do amazing things. You know, we have, uh, since then, we launched, uh, 2014, we launched Jubilee Life College. And we were able to increase our community work. Um, we sent uh, 25, a group of 25 adults in 2016 to the east of the city to establish River City Church. Just two months ago, uh, we launched our education centre with TLG as we support people, uh, children at risk of exclusion. Each Sunday, we now gather around 230 adults. We have 12 growth groups meeting in this city and the, the region. We continue to oversee the, the big issue and the vendors who serve that. We open our building for those who need showers and the washing of their clothes. We, this last year, we've uh, seen a, a 113 students access our Life College courses. And we're in the process with Josh and Jen of launching our work up in North Hull. Why am I sharing this? It's not to boast. 
It's not to pat ourselves on the back. The story of Jubilee reminds us that God is faithful to his people. We have seen God move in ways that we could only imagine. We have had some great highs. We have had some incredible lows. We've made some great decisions. We've made some bad decisions. We have stories of great victories, but we also have stories of losses. We have those battles that we are living with right now. As Kesh shared, there are the battles that we live in when we think about our health. There are battles that we are in which we are still living with right now. But through it all, we have had a God who has been faithful. We have had a God who has been so faithful to his people. Jesus in Matthew 16 makes it really clear that it is him who builds his church. You know, we are to obediently follow Jesus, but he is the one who builds, and we have seen that to be true. And so today, as we prepare to, to, for our, to give at the end of our service for our gift day, I want to share a little bit about what I feel faithfully serving God and following him looks like in this season. And my aim is not to persuade you to give. This is, that's really important that you understand that. Paul in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. If you feel any pressure today to give, please don't. Do not feel under any pressure to give. But today I want to share about a little about what we're going to be giving to. And then I'm going to invite you to recommit. Recommit to this community Recommit to each other and to fellowship and relationships. Recommit our time and our energy and recommit our finances to, sit, to make Jesus known in Hull and this region. Mark's message last week was, was so helpful. If you've not listened to it, it's on our website. Please do listen to it. It's on our uh, podcast channel. Um, as, as Mark spoke about stewarding our finances, um, he managed... I can officially confirm to get the most song references into a sermon at Jubilee. So, well done, Mark. Uh, including um, including the, the lyrics to Cotton Eye Joe, which is a first for Jubilee. So, well done, Mark. But I thought most importantly, was just that beautiful reminder who God is. I hope that you, you heard that. That beautiful reminder that it is God who owns everything. And he loves to give us what we need. He's not like the stingy Mr. Burns, as he shared from The Simpsons. He loves to give his children what they need. And, and if we can, I, I believe if we embrace that teaching, then it will change our lives. That for so many of us, we, we live with this poverty mindset. We, we doubt God's abundance. We doubt that he is good. We doubt that he will look after us. So that if we have a lot, then we, we want to hold on to it tight because we don't know what's around the corner. And if we have little, we spend our time in constant panic about who will provide or what will come in. Instead, if we can understand that God owns it all, that we simply have the responsibility to manage it, to steward what he has given us, then it frees us from the worry and the stress and it allows us to embrace the life that God has for us. And as I heard Mark's message, I said, I want to embrace that more. I want to I steward well what God has given me, but I want to embrace that freedom. I don't want to live with fear or stress when it comes to finances. And I thought it was so helpful in helping us understand that. And for some of you, last week will have made you feel uncomfortable. The church is speaking about money again. 
Maybe you even considered missing this week to avoid the money talk. But when it comes to money, we cannot avoid talking about it because Jesus never did. Jesus was never afraid to talk about money. I was reading a pastor called Nelson Searchy this week, and he says, in fact, if we were to teach about money as much as Jesus did, we would have to make it our topic every third Sunday. Who would want to come to a church like that? And Jesus spoke about it so much because in Matthew 6, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If you want to know what you love, then look at what you value. If you want to know what you value, then look at how you spend your time. Look at what your bank statement says. How we steward our finance is a discipleship issue. If you, want to find a, if you find a mature Christian, you will always find someone who stewards maturely. Giving is part of growing as a believer. John Wesley, the, the famous Methodist, he says, the last part of a man to be converted is his wallet. This is a discipleship issue. As we grow as believers, we learn to steward well. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. That doesn't mean that we won't encounter financial difficulties. But as we learn to follow Jesus, the way we view money and the way we use money changes as we realize it is all being given to us by God to look after and to manage well. And part of good stewardship is being responsible with how we spend our finances. Jubilee is full of incredibly generous givers. People who give sacrificially to see Jesus made known. Thank you so much. I love it. It's normally around the first of the month and the 14th of the month I get to see our bank accounts. The majority of people give on one of those two days if they give by direct debit. And our bank accounts, all all this money coming in from people who are so generously giving. Thank you. And actually part of stewarding well is understanding where it goes. Understanding how money is spent. And so I want to share this morning where I feel uh, God is leading us over the next few months and where your money is going to be invested. And hopefully it will help you review your giving and decide how you are going to play your part in this next season. Over the last year, we've seen some significant challenges with this building. Uh, We've had to embark on a full electrical rewire uh, to ensure this place is safe for the years to come. And this year has meant that it's been our tightest year financially. It's uh, the increased spending on the building, but also because our building's been out of use, we've had a reduction in rental, but also for the first year, our giving hasn't increased. Since we were established every year, our giving increases, whereas this year it's been static. We've had to make changes by the way we work. We've had to have staffing changes that have had to happen. We've had to, some staff have had to have hours cut. Some activities have had to be reduced. And now we are in this place where the giving of you uh, and our rental income from our building covers our day-to-day running costs and ministries. This includes our work with young people and children. This includes running Sundays, our discipleship, the groups we run, our care for the poor. However, our income does not cover everything that we feel God has called us to. Hudson Taylor said this, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. I love that quote. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. So over the last year, we've had to ask some tough questions 
about areas of church and whether some things need to stop. We've had to ask, maybe we're not doing it God's way. This is a question that we have continually have to ask as we move forward. But as we've looked at what we are doing as a church, we feel it lines, seems to line up with what God is calling us to. It seems to line up with our vision. And it seems to line up with making Jesus known. Our activities are helping to make Jesus known. So therefore, I ask the question, maybe what God has supplied is in this room. Take, for example, our young people. In December, through your giving at last year's gift day, we were able to employ Lauren Thomas. Are you able to stand? She's a bit ill at the moment. This is Lauren. Um, <coughs> you, can, you can sit again. I won't get you to come and share, but I'm, I'll nick your stories. Um, we were able to employ Lauren part-time as a youth worker because of the money you gave. And in December, I think I'd be right in saying that you had about eight to ten people attending on a Friday night. Um, since January, they are, they are getting about 24 to 26 young people every Friday night. Just amazing. It's amazing. Um, I believe that Lauren is an incredibly gifted youth worker, but I also think God has brought these people to us as well and, and was almost preparing. He had these people ready. We invested. He goes, there you go. Now start to reach them. Just last week, two young people gave their lives to Jesus from non-church backgrounds. Incredible. We want to continue to invest in our work with young people. We want to continue to invest in TLG and make sure that those young people who are accessing the education can then access our youth work. But also we want to see many of our young people's friends coming in and being reached with the gospel and encountering Jesus. That includes, we want to send a whole busload to New Day, our youth camp in the summer. We We'd look at this, the youth festival that we go to every year. We, we know it's a, such a key time for them encountering Jesus, and we want to be able to invest our money in that. Over the last year, we've seen over 120 people engage with Alpha, with the guys, Phil and Debbie and the team. Uh, we've had a privilege of, of baptizing so many people, hearing stories on this stage of people's lives who've been transformed, who've attended Alpha. You know, the team are fantastic. Um, and we want to ensure that they have the finance available to keep putting on great events, providing great launch events, providing great hospitality throughout the courses. We want you to feel like, actually, if I invite my friends and my family to Alpha, they're going to experience excellence. Trust me, these guys do excellence. And so we want to invest in that over the next year. As I spoke about, our Life College continues to go from strength to strength. Savvy shared a couple of weeks ago, about how things are going. And it's so exciting to see the different nations attending our courses, especially our Let's Talk English class. We are seeing people come from Eritrea, from Turkey, from Hong Kong, from Venezuela, from Colombia, Syria, and Iran, to name just a few of those countries. Lots of these countries that we are reaching, lots of these people, we couldn't go with the gospel into those countries. We wouldn't be able to get into those countries, yet they're coming here and we're being able to introduce them to Jesus. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had guys who've, just, who've come from Muslim backgrounds just coming into the church, coming to a church service for the first time ever because they have met people and become friends with people on the Life College from this church. Life College is an amazing vehicle to reach people, but it costs a lot. 
Our aim is to increase our rental hire over the next year to help support that. But over the next year, we need about 21,000 to help that project keep running in its current form. And also, we realize that although many people are welcomed into our building, we want to hold our hands up and say, it's a little worn in places. Uh, there's, your chair may be a little bit loose. I apologize. The coffee area at the, the front, it, I love it. I love that. I think it just makes it so much more welcoming. I love the fact that the welcome team make me a cup of tea on a Sunday with a smile. Do you, do you enjoy that? Yeah. Good, good. It's, it's helping make that a much more welcoming area. But we as a church are still missing having our bank area. We're still missing having that area where we can just spend time together before a service, where we can have seats out, where we can spend time together as family. And we would love to have our main entrance to the church on the high street rather than through a beautiful car park. We would love to have a space where people could, uh, can go and hang out during the week. We have started the work. You'll see that the bank is a, a real mess. We've done the stripping out process, but this is what we hope it will look like in years to come as we make glass front the front of the building and put a cafe in there. We've had to stall the work because of the rewire project. We've had to say, actually, we need to pause this. We've not got the money to invest in it. But we've already spent about £60,000 getting it to this point with a planning permission. It's a listed building, which makes it complex, on the stripping out, on the plans, all of that. But what I'd love to do is over the next few years is just take a little bit of money each year, put it into an account, hopefully earn some interest, put it away, so that then we can go to funders in the years to come and say, look, we've got this money. Would you match it? Would you come and complete this work? As we look to church planting, we know it is costly. We felt that cost as we planted River City. We will feel it again with North Hull. Part of that cost is relational. Part of that cost is the gifts that we lose in people. And part of that sacrifice is the cost of finance. This year, we want to invest £12,000 to support Josh and the team in, as, they, as they put on activities uh, and help support financially as they look to find a a venue where they can meet and start to do Sundays together. It's a cost, but we feel that it is what God has called us to, it, what he called us to in the beginning and what he is calling to us to now. If we think about those prophetic words, being a sending church, a resource church, a fire, a wheel, as we look back, we look at River City and we believe it was a spark that went into the east of the city and has grown into a fire. We are believing that North Hall will be that spark into the north of the city which will grow into a fire. But we feel there will be many more sparks to come as we church plant. We are believing for this city, for this country and for the nations. We have gone east. We have got about to go north. But even if we just think about that word that we had, we are still to go west and we're still to go south. We've got at least two more in us then, but we're believing for more. And when I say south, don't worry, we're not church planting in the middle of the Humber, in the middle of the lagoon or whatever they're trying to do. We have faith for more as God sends us and equips us. We want Jubilee to be this training place where we send people out to the nations. We're already exploring what the future of that might look like in Latvia and the relationship we have with Shine Relief in Malawi. We're believing for God to do something on Hazel Road with us. We're believing, but what about Doncaster? 
What about Grimsby? What about the coast? And it also means sending individuals to be involved in church planning. This isn't about us. This isn't about a franchise. This isn't about having multiple jubilees elsewhere. We just want to take our responsibility seriously as church planters and hope that other churches do the same and, and we support them. And, and it also means part of it is, is just releasing individuals to be involved. And I, I, want, I don't even know where he is, but I want Ben to... Where, oh, he's there. <laughs> Sorry. Ben, come up. Can I have his uh, mic, please? I just wanted to then to share just a, just for a couple of minutes on what is going on in his life at the moment. Go, Grand. Morning, church. Um, yeah, so uh, I was I uh, I started at Jubilee about seven and a half years ago. I realise now, having had the history of it all, um, and I went to I went to York for a bit, which is why I disappeared. If anyone was wondering, um, I came back about eighteen months ago, and. Since I came back, uh, I kind of had this feeling from, from the Lord that it was, I was going to be moving on, that my time in, in Hull was drawing to a close. And um, there were words spoken over me um, in prayer, but also this kind of restless heart um, in me. And, and with a mind for, the, for this summer would be the perfect time with, with my career and, and, and whatever. So, I, you know, as I was thinking about that and praying and God really put the, the city of Sheffield on my heart um, and I couldn't shake it and I didn't know why. Uh, I have maybe like two friends in Sheffield um, at the time and, and I kept thinking about it, kept praying and uh, I was praying about North Hull as well. I was upstairs at a prairie ring for North Hull and realized that actually I, I'm passionate about planting churches. Um, God put a, a fire in my heart for planting churches but um no offense josh i didn't want to go to north hall um i didn't i didn't feel like that's where the lord was was sending me so um i prayed and i thought you know what i i, I prayed to you know to god and i was thinking you know what would what would convince me that god wants me to go to sheffield and i thought well if i said to someone oh, I'm thinking about moving to Sheffield. And they said, oh, I know some people who are planting a church. You should get involved. Then um, that would convince me. And then I thought, that's a stupid idea. Um, firstly, I don't want to plant a church right now. And secondly, why would I put such a condition on the Lord? Um, and then before Christmas, I was over at our, our friends in River City and I spoke, speaking to John Flavel, and I said, I'm thinking of moving to Sheffield in the summer. And he said, oh, I've got some friends who are planting a church in Sheffield. Do you want to get involved? And I went, ah. Um, so I prayed some more, uh, and the Lord spoke very clearly, essentially. Uh, and last month I went down and, and met these guys, a group from uh, Emmanuel Church Oxford, um, who are part of Catalyst, um, part of uh, New Frontiers. And um, they are planting a church in Sheffield starting this summer. Um, and the coincidences and, and the way things have fitted together have been amazing. Um, and just this week, I have found out that um, I have a job lined up in Sheffield for, to start in August. So, yeah. Praise the Lord. That's what it involves to be people who go and make disciples. 
Um, it means losing people, losing a friend uh, to go to Sheffield. It's a little bit further away to, uh, to catch up. Um, but isn't, it, isn't that so exciting? That's so exciting. And that's part of our call to church planning. We realize not everything's going to look like us sending a group of people, but it's about us equipping people to go and make disciples. And, and wouldn't it be great to be able to bless those guys uh, in Sheffield as they all go there? It's expensive to move anywhere. Uh, Sheffield is quite an expensive city for the north of England. And it'd be great to be able to bless them financially, wouldn't it, as part of uh, our, our finances as we move forward. Jubilee is full of incredibly generous people, as I've said. The growth of Jubilee, the impact that we have seen would not have happened without it. Would not have happened. The future growth, making Jesus known in Hull in the future, will not happen without it either. God could do it by himself. He could. But he chooses to partner with us. And I don't know about you, but I think that's a real privilege. It's a real privilege that God would allow us to be used by him. There's a passage in Malachi 3. I just wanted to read this to you. It says this. Ever since the time of your ancestors... You've turned away from the decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into your storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Here, God reminds his people that he is the one who provides. But he also warns them about withholding their offerings. I don't think we've got that problem here. But then he says that he, when we do give to him, he delights in giving back. He invites them to give, and through giving they will experience the blessing of God. That the rain would return, that the crops would grow, that the blessing promised to, to Abraham would come about and they would be a blessing to the nations. Going back to Nelson Searcher, I quoted earlier, he, he refers to this passage and he says, when we are eager to stretch ourselves by honoring God through consistent, extravagant giving, he is faithful to keep his promise to throw open the floodgates in our favor. God is not a vending machine. We don't give to get more money back. God is not a, a slot machine that we gamble our money with, but he delights in pouring his blessings on his people. God is on the move in this city and the nations, and he invites us to partner with him, to see Jesus made known in Hull and the nations. And today we have the opportunity to come together and to recommit to the mission he's called us to. In a moment, the band Actually, the band could come up now, actually, that'd be helpful. Because what's going to happen is we're going to worship, and part of it is a chance for us to recommit to this church, to this community, and to what God is doing. To know that we can have a real impact with what we give today. It will go to seeing Jesus made known in Hull, seeing Jesus made known in Sheffield, seeing Jesus made known in the nations. 
There's three ways that you can, what you can do in response. Firstly, it's to review what you already give. If you give, then thank you so much. But it's really important, circumstances change, things change, and you just need to review, actually, how am I committing myself to this family and to this mission? And, and part of that is a risk when I ask you to review giving, because if your finances have changed, reviewing giving might mean dropping how much you give. Circumstances might change. We're to steward well. We're not to give what we don't have. But part of it also might be saying, actually, no, I need to, I want to stretch myself in this season. I want to give more. If you've never given regularly to the church, it might be to start a standing order. And you can do that on the envelopes that you've got with you just to indicate. And then you need to set that up with your bank or I, can, I will send you the bank details during the week so you can do that. Or maybe it is just you able to give a one-off gift today on top of your giving that you already give. Then we would love those one-off gifts which will just help us invest in some of that work that I spoke of. This is a chance for us to make Jesus known. It's a really exciting thing because um, go back to 2006 and 13 people. um, Just look around. God's been good. And he will continue to be good and we get the privilege to partner with him. And so I wonder if you could stand with me. If you've got children, we think it's really important they join us in in this. So please do go and collect your children. (coughs) My washing's not getting done today. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I've never had anyone offer to do my washing before. That's wonderful. Um, So what's going to happen is... um, We're going to worship God, and then as we worship God, we're going to be worshiping for about 15 minutes till 12 o'clock, and we're going to get to praise him, and and God loves a joyful giver. As I said, we don't want to, if you feel under any pressure, please don't give, but God loves a joyful giver, and so we're going to worship God, and we're going to celebrate, we're going to sing of his goodness, are we? Yes. (laughs) Uh, We're going to worship him, and, and, and feel free as you come and bring your offerings as you give. Hopefully you've got an envelope. If not, there'll be ones in the corridor. That's really helpful because it just means we can track who's given and it means, especially if you're a taxpayer, that's really, really important because we get to claim back 25p for every pound that you give. It makes a massive difference. So do fill in an envelope um, and come in. Put our offerings in. If you want to stay at the front, there's loads of space. You can continue to worship God. Uh, let's, let's worship him. Let's praise him. And, uh, and let's, let's recommit again to the mission that God's called us to. We will dance, we will dance for your glory. We will dance, we will dance for your glory. We will dance for your glory. Shout to adore you Every sound that we make It is for you We will dance For your glory The salvation's in this place You know the name by which we say Jesus Jesus let your name be lifted high As our thankful hearts don't cry Jesus Jesus